Hello everyone, welcome to your favorite podcast, Decoupled with Cheryl, where we offer life hacks for single parenting in these times, uh, from shared experiences, sometimes hilarious, sometimes traumatizing, with the ultimate goal of making sure that we raise the best children that we can possibly raise okay so uh, i've missed you guys since the last episode i totally hope that you know everyone got something great from it and if you're here for the first time please make sure you catch up on both episodes before this one because i think it helps to give like a better perspective on what we're going to be discussing today right so remember from the last episode we did a bit of a explanation on the labels as far as being a single parent is concerned so today we're going to be doing a little bit more of that and why we're going to be doing it not to overflow the issue but just so that people can understand that irrespective of what situation got you to being a single parent your ultimate goal is to make sure that you raise the best children possible because like it or not children from broken homes or single parent homes have the highest levels of dysfunction comparatively speaking to other children okay so a little bit more background about me so i got i got married sometime in 2008 and about five years after i split from my ex and i've pretty much been doing the whole single parent parenting thing all by myself and i stress I am not co-parenting, I am not parallel parenting, I am a single parent because all the work is on top of my head, so to speak. And you know, it's been it's been an interesting journey. It's been a time of growth and it's been a time of learning. But then I decided to talk about this a little bit more today because being a single parent as I am, there are other um, sort of situations that get people into single parenting. And while some people are absolutely winning at it, not all of us, or not everybody, is, right? So let me explain a bit better. I didn't become a single parent by choice. Of course I was married, of course I, I absolutely wanted to spend my life growing old with my ex and us raising our kids together, but then life happened and things took a turn for the worse. But then there are people who make a conscious decision to get into single parenting. And I'm talking about two types of people. First off, the ones who decide that, you know, they don't want to deal with the whole emotional baggage. And so they get someone to help them along in the process. Uh, so you have a, a female who gets a guy, has some kind of an agreement with him, and then they go ahead to make a baby. But then he is not supposed to play any kind of role in the child's life. He was just basically a sperm donor, Pourtant, nothing more to it and you have people in this situation who are doing really great flip the coin also guys who decide you know i just want to have a child and so they get someone a female of course to help them along in the process and they're doing great at it i think that's a lot easier for guys especially because it's easier i mean correct me if i'm wrong to get a female influence maybe in the form of you know the guy's mom who can help raise the child but for the females who are doing it, like how do you how do you deal with having a male influence in your child's life? I mean, let's talk. Let's talk about that. I would really love to hear about it. So yeah, there are those types of people who go into it by choice, either by finding someone to help them along in the process or going the legal route by you know uh, a, an adoption. So a single parent adoption. 
those things I think are more trendy, you know, in the western part of the world as opposed to Nigeria because of course you know how we are, you know, having like a proper system that are, allow those things to function effectively. But that's not to say that there aren't those kinds of people in Nigeria, they are, and those people are winning at it as well. And then of course there's the whole medical science bit of it where you get like an artificial insemination and they get it done. I just want to say to those people who are in that category, who are winning at it, who are thriving successfully, I would love to hear how you do it because those of us who didn't get into it by choice, a lot of us find that we have to struggle. So I'll give you my relationship with my son as an instance. And so what typically happens is, you know, as he grows older, you know, you just start to find out that you need to start having those serious discussions. So you're talking about different things. You're talking about, you know, being a, a proper gentleman. You're talking about sex and sex education to your child. Sometimes it's, it's as simple as just trying to get through and say, look, D, I need you to do this. And he's not doing it. And you're trying not to be that overbearing parent. So you want to sit down and have a conversation with him that brings him to your level where you can understand why you need him to do it and it's very very difficult and i wouldn't even lie like sometimes i'm like oh my god can can lord just can lord just send me my boas so that i will get married and then this thing becomes so much easier i feel like it's a lot of work getting through you know to children especially at the younger ages oh i'm dreading the teenage years oh, holy spirit i don't know how i'm going to handle that but i'm trying to just set a good foundation at this stage so it's easier at those stages you know so of course until my boaz comes i find that i'm having to rely very heavily on other male influences around me how helpful that is i can't really say but you know i try so my brother when my brother is around i try and ensure that you know he and d have like sort of a relationship going so if by any chance there are things d can't discuss with me then he's comfortable discussing them with my brother, you know, as a male influence. Uh, I have a couple of friends who I, you know, my son is, is, is you know, he knows about those, those guys, you know, and sometimes when they're around, he likes to spend time with them and talk to them. And I like to encourage that as much as possible. All in the bid to just make sure that I raise a healthy whole child. I, I literally have nightmares about raising a mama's boy like i don't know kudos to moms everywhere they're doing amazing job but sometimes there's this bond that comes up between a mother and a son that is sweet when they're young but then when they start getting older and then they start having like girlfriends and things like that and then the girl starts to look at him like mom boy and things like that i don't want to raise that kind of child okay so i want there to be balance in his life as much as i love the bond that we have going and you know, I encourage him to talk to me about anything. I just feel like there's some things that there's a place for a guy um, and to do in his life. And I expect that you know, if we flip the coin now, so guys who are single parents are also having to deal with some of these things. I know some guys cringe, not because they want to, but because they just don't know how to go about having a conversation with sex education with their female, with their with their female and children, for instance. So you know, I feel like there's there's a place for balance, you know, when you're a single parent. But going about getting that balance is where the challenge usually lies. 
And like I said, it's all fun and games when they're much younger because you know how kids are. They absolutely dote on you. You are their everything. And it's wonderful. But then when you have an 11-year-old who's a preteen and then they start to get to 13 and 14, like not to look at what's happening on all these movies that I watch, but I'm praying for the grace of God <laughs> when it gets to that stage with my son. And that is why I crave balance. So, you know, at, at this stage, there is a total um, um, dependence both ways. So my son absolutely looks up to me for everything um, by way of finances, by way of, you know, just being there to talk to someone, you know, to guide him and all that. And I, he's also sort of like everything for me as well. So we're sort of like dependent on each other. But I, I think how how to have that in such a way that it continues to be healthy it continues to be healthy right so he's not 16 or 17 or 18 and there's a girl that he likes and you know every single thing that has to do with dating that girl in a relationship has to come and talk to mommy about it because i know i'm going to get territorial at some point and i don't want to do that I absolutely don't want to do that. So these are the things, these are the issues. This is why I find myself creating some sort of a balance somehow. I mean, I'm grateful to my brother and you know every other male influence in my life and what they do, but is that enough? And that's why I am so in awe of people who go into the single parenting thing by choice. Now, on the darker side, there are people who don't even decide to be parents at all of any kind and I'm referring to those who by some unfortunate instance probably got raped or something now just picture that for a moment I put myself in that place and I've had a child already so it's easier for me to say nothing is going to come between the bond I have with my child but just imagine you're a young lady probably just out of your teens and something as unfortunate as being raped happens to you. How do you even deal with that? Okay, so I'm looking at how my child is dependent on me and I'm trying to raise him up right. But then in this part of the world, for instance, you, you bring that kind of child into the world. God bless the gift that God has given you. Either way, it is difficult because there's a stigma that surrounds you most of the time. You know, if, if, if that circumstance was what happened to you, there's a stigma that surrounds you. God help you people actually know that that child was born of rape. And then, you know, you're growing up with that child and you're trying to raise that child with everything that you can be, knowing how the child came to be. Those are the issues. I mean, as much as we might not want to talk about it, there are people who became single parents by that. How do they deal? How do they be everything to that child? Um, of course, the, the, the father is completely absent in that situation. So everything is completely dependent on the mother in that situation. They have to be there financially. They have to be there emotionally. They have to you know, be able to explain to that child when the child grows up. Oh my God, like that even just occurred to me. Because these kids will ask questions, right? These kids will definitely ask questions. How do you explain that? How do you explain that? 
at the end of the day it's just you you're the only one in the situation and no matter what whether by choice whether not by choice whether by unfortunate circumstance you have to do this now i like to share from my personal experience so that it can probably help people if at all it can but then i'm also asking for people to tell me how they go about how they go about certain things because it is a struggle it is a struggle it's a struggle to be in the best frame of mind and go out and just give everything you've got raise you know money come back home give the child everything that they need emotionally and all of that and you know, still just keep pushing it is really a struggle irrespective of the circumstance it is a struggle so you know the call here is it's like how do people do it how do people do it so in my instance like i explained i try to get as much people well not so many jesus <laughs> a few influences here and there and you know it's it's been working so far right so sometimes i feel like come and talk to me about anything you need but if you feel like i wouldn't understand it's fine and then i'll then go out of my way to probably see if there's some other person who can talk to that would get a better sense of it again he's 11 so he's he's a, he's a preteen right now by the time he gets to his teenagers i believe those those needs will become even more apparent so he's going to want to talk to somebody else more and you know how they say most of us growing up especially in my in my generation we didn't usually have that okay so you wanted to talk to your parents so bad but they were just not emotionally available and it's probably not because they didn't want to be they just didn't know how to be so i'm trying to i'm i'm trying to do better in that regard and make sure that he always has someone to talk to even if that person cannot be me can i probably get the best person that he can talk to okay um so that's that's on the emotional availability side. I believe everything else is on me. Every absolute other thing else is on me. But again, I'd like to I'd like to invite a couple of you who especially went into it by choice to please share your stories with us and tell us how you came up with, you know, the whole system that helped you be the absolute best parent that you could be to your child. So, um Feel free to send us voice messages, please. The link is going to be put up. Send me a voice message. Let me know how you did it. You know, if there are any other tips or tricks that you had apart from those that I've shared today, because you can let us know. You could also let us know. I mean, sometimes the best way to learn is to fail at it and then get back up and possibly fail at it a few more times until you get it right. So share stories. Um, with us about that as well i don't think i have too many feels in that regard i wouldn't know for sure i believe until of course my son is much older right now he's absolutely everything like he he backs me up he supports me he's like my bodyguard so we haven't started quarreling not we don't have those major curls yet <laughs> so i'm his vulture just as he is mine so i think we're we're doing we're doing pretty good right now especially you know like i said when i feel like there's some other person to bring and i can bring that person in and then it makes sense um yes yeah, so please do share your stories with us let us know how you're coping irrespective of the circumstance by choice or not let us know how you're coping and if there are particular areas that you feel like you need to address then please let us know as well via the voice message or you can send us an email 
at sharecast at gmail.com. So that's C-H-E-R-C-A-S-T-S, one word, at gmail.com. You could also send us messages on all social media platforms at Decoupled with Cheryl. And with that, we've come to the end of today's episode. There's so much ground to cover on this podcast. I really hope you guys stick with me. Thank you once again to all my wonderful listeners who have sent in messages so far. And just the feedback has been amazing. I hope you guys continue to stay with me as we go through this journey. For now, my name is Cheryl and I'm saying bye-bye till the next episode.